Well, good morning. Let's just cut to the chase. Are you happy? Are you a happy person? Right now, that, that's interesting. That's cool. Because when I talk about being happy, that could be all over the place. Are you happy in general? I mean, do you find it easy to be happy? I asked Anna this last night. I said, honey, have you found me to be the happy person in my life? She said, babe, you're one of the happiest people I know. And I'm going to tell you, honest to God, I think I am too. And then she said, but. She said, there's been two or three times in our life that I've known you, and she's known me since she was 16, that you fell into a funk, and that's what she called it, a funk. So I'm not talking, when I'm talking about happiness, I'm not talking about the fact that you don't grieve like, other, like, like you should, that you don't have things happen that, that make you sad, that you don't do things that you're sorry that you didn't do, or that you don't go through, let's just call it a funk from time to time. But in general, are you a happy person? Or are you an individual that finds happiness to be very elusive? And most of the time, hard to find. And when you need it the most, it just isn't there. I love this word elusive. It means something in our family that's kind of funny. My uh, uh, son and I, we, uh, we bow hunt for deer. And uh, we were trying to explain to our wives how difficult that is. That when we were out there bow hunting, that deer just don't come around a bow hunters, because we're right out in the middle of the field. They can smell us. They can see us. And we don't see a lot of deer when we're out there. And, and uh, it's, just, it's, just, you know, it's just hard. It's hard to get close to take a shot on a deer. And about that time, we were trying to explain to our wives how difficult it was to bow hunt deer. Uh, there was a, a, a news thing came across the TV right at that time where a deer had walked into the front door of a restaurant in a downtown building. And my smart aleck daughter-in-law said, oh, yeah, those things are pretty elusive. <laughs> but if you found that true to be concerning happiness, that happiness is not just something that you easily find, that's easily get your, your hands on, well, you need to understand something. God created us to be happy. He wants us to experience joy. He wants to experience happiness, and he wants us to do this for his glory. We are called out. We are separated and we are set apart for God's use. And here's what his use is. We are to be his personal representatives on this earth. You do understand that, right? Once you are saved, why didn't he just take you home? Because as his kid, you are to be his personal representative on this earth. Now, why are you, and, and therefore we have to be happy. You say, well, why? So that we can glorify God. And the word glorifying God means to elevate, exalt, praise, and worship. And how in the world are we going to elevate, exalt, praise, and worship our Heavenly Father if we are sad, if we are dull, and if we are depressed? You and I are supposed to be happy. I love what Joyce Meyer said. Joyce Meyer said, if you're not going to wear Jesus on your face, then get him off your bumper. <laughs> All right. So I want to put it like this. I believe as a child of God, you should be one of the happiest people on the planet in general. And I'm not, again, talking about times where you're going to go through a little funk from time to time. And if when you came in this morning, uh, you can really use more happiness in your life, in your marriage, or your, your job, your finances, your fun, if you could use more happiness, okay? All right, are you ready? Are you ready? Here it comes, okay? Here it comes. Before you leave here today, you need to make room, sister. You need to make room, my brother. 
because you're about to find out how you can have more happiness in your life. Psalms 11, here it is on the side screen. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you love the name of Jesus? Love the name of God? Do you love the Holy Spirit? Okay. Let all who love your name be what? Everybody say it. Oh, it sounded like more to me, doesn't it? It doesn't sound like just a little bit. We're talking about filled with joy. We're talking about crazy filled with joy. And here it comes. If you love his name, for you bless everyone. Is that what it said? No. It said, if you bless who? The godly. Uh, can I, have you ever, you ever have somebody ask you, why did that happen to that person? Or how come this happened to that person? How, why are these people going through that? Did God say he's blessing everyone? No. He never promised to bless everyone. Who did he promise to bless? The godly. And the definition of godly is simply this. Those who are devoted to, loyal to, and worship him. Does, is everybody devoted to God? Or is everybody loyal to God? Does everybody worship our God? Then he is not obligated to bless them. So never get caught up in that. that, that that's a liberal trap that you'll get caught up in. Our Heavenly Father is about His children, those of us who accept Him as our Lord and Savior, when it comes to giving us a happy and a blessed life. And so He says He's going to fill you and I with joy and surround you and I with a shield of love. Psalms 86 on the side screen says, You are my God, be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am calling on you how long? And here's what we're calling for. Give me Oh, wait a second. So a child of God that is going to be happy has got to call on our Heavenly Father. How often? To what? Give me happiness. So here's my question. Are y'all doing that? Or are you calling your brother-in-law up, trying to get something out of him? You're calling your boss up, trying to get it from him. Making, maybe the kids. If the kids would come around, they would give me some happiness. Or maybe the wife. The wife, she's, she's not doing what I'm I need the wife to do, so, uh, you know, who you, who do you call on? God. How many times? Constantly. To do what? Give me happiness. Woo, come on now, you're going to get it. Oh, Lord, I give myself to you. I give myself to you. Look at this quote on the side screen. When we are pursuing the things that don't have the power to make us happy, we're ignoring the ones that do. Mm. So are, are you ready for some more happiness? Let's get busy. Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, give us more happiness. Give us more happiness. We have all kinds of things coming against our happiness, all kind of joy still is that are in our life. If it doesn't come from you, it's not going to last. It's not going to matter anyway. Give us more happiness, Father. Give us more happiness. And Father, if i got to ask you 10 more times today, if something comes across my mind and finds me pulling myself back down into a depressed mood, if that person calls me for the 10th time, that I stay on the phone with a wait too long, Father, I am sorry, give me more happiness. i got reason to ask you for more happiness because everybody's trying to take it from me. So give me, my Father God, more happiness. I do love your name. And I'm going to talk to you constantly about this. I need more happiness. I cannot represent you sad, dull, and depressed. I, I hurt the cause of Christ more that way than I'm going to help it. So give me more happiness for your glory, my God. 
for your glory. Everybody say it. Give me more happiness, my Father. One more time. Give me more happiness, my Father. One more time. Give me more happiness. We're on our way. We're on our way. God wants you to be happy. But now it's up to you. Okay? God wants you to be happy. But now it's up to you. He wants you to go after a life of happiness. This is his will for you. Psalms 105 says this, hallelujah, thank God, pray to him, that's you, uh, by name, tell everyone, you got it, that's an action, you got to tell him, uh, you meet what he has done, sing, that's you again, that's not God, belt out hymns, that's you again, translate his wonders into music, that's me and you again, honor his holy name, that's us, nothing on God yet, hallelujahs, you who seek God, who's going to seek God? That's on us again. We're digging ditches. Live a, come on, say it. That is a command. You, as God's child, do not have a right to walk around dull, sad, and depressed. Well, that's just who I am. If you knew what I've been through. Are you a saved, born-again child of God? You are to live a happy life. Well, I'm not, and it's everybody else's fault. Are you ready for this? It's your fault. Look in the mirror, point a finger. It's your, oh, you don't know what's happened to me. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know what's going on in my family. You don't know what's going on in my family. But God told me that I'm supposed to do something. He did not say, Dan Hooper, I want you to be saved, and then I want you to walk around sad. Then I want you to be dull, and then I want you to be depressed. And every time Anna smiles or laughs at a, at a TV show, just click it off to important news like on, like on CNN where they're talking about Hillary and Trump. Just kill the mood in the house. Just kick it over to CNN. Pull it off the funny show. Get it off Duck Dynasty. Get it off of HGTV. And put it on something that will bring the mood down. Because that's what I want from you, Hooper. I want you just to take the atmosphere in the room and just smash it. Is that what he said? No, he said, you know what I want you to do? I want you to live a happy life. You know what my answer is? (laughs) Yes, sir. Because I'm your kid. You made me. You know what's in me. You know what I've been through. And you're telling me to live a happy life? Well, then you must, you will not tell me something that I can't do or that you won't give me the power to do. He said, live a happy life. Keep your eyes open for God. You got to see this. Watch for his work. Be alert for the signs of his presence. These are all actions that you and I have to do. To do for Why? To be happy. To be happy. Because you can do the opposite of all those things, and you will be what? Miserable. If you are going to be happy, you have to dig ditches for it. You can't just, as our pastor told us this last week, you can't just be inspired in a service and then leave here and have inspiration but no participation with your heavenly Father concerning the life that he wants you to live. He's not going to just give it to you. You have to go after it. And you go after it in faith. And you have an enemy that's going after you while you are going after it. Now, let me just tell you what some happy people have done, the ditches that they have dug in their participation after the inspiration. Here we go on the side screen. Man, I think I've got like 12 or 15 of these things. We're going to hit two or three, maybe four this morning. I don't know. Number one, happy people have a personal relationship with Jesus. Happy people have a personal relationship with Jesus. Have you ever met a happy atheist? Ever. Ever. 
I don't want to give any light to this, but we do have a group of atheists here in our city. Is anybody aware of that? Is anybody, okay, if you're aware of that, if you work in city government, you are aware that we have a group of atheists in our city. And right after we opened 4640 and the kids started passing out flyers and teachers got involved and everybody's talking about 4640, big youth center, one of the biggest opening up for youth on the valley to be able to do something positive. They attacked the school system. They attacked the media. They went on the Facebook and they went on the, the you know, all kinds of social medias to be able to blast Fellowship Church for putting, you know, for advertising 464. They are the most, they, they are mean. They are ugly. Had a conversation with a couple of them. They are nasty. They are depressed. They are sad. They are pathetic. And they are pitiful. Pitiful. They have no life. They have no future. Oh, they got a future. They just don't even realize what their future is going to be. But they have no purpose for even living. They don't even know why they're here or who made them. Or nobody made them. I guess they just showed up. I don't, they, they don't know. Have you ever seen an happy atheist? It was Madeline Murray O'Hare, those of you that are of my generation, you remember her? What happened to her, by the way? Nobody really knows. I can tell you where she is. Take a look at this. Happy people have a personal relationship with Jesus. Psalm 16, verse 9. I'm happy from the inside out and from the outside in. I'm firmly formed. You canceled my ticket to hell. That's not my destination. So tell me what your big problem is now. You accepted Christ as your personal Savior. Here's how it works. If you want a personal relationship with God, you've got to go through his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for you. You can't get there any other way. When you ask Jesus Christ to come to your heart and to be your Savior, ask him to forgive you of your sins, you now have access to his heavenly Father. After that, the greatest life you're going to live till you get there is through the Holy Spirit. That's how it works. But watch this. When you accepted Christ, as your, you were on your way to hell. This is where it's personal. I was 12 years of age. I heard a message on hell. There is no companionship in hell. There is no God in hell. There is no love in hell. There is no health in hell. There is no me and you talking in hell. You're in total isolation, only hearing things. There is no light that is there. And there is no happiness and there is no joy. And hang on to this one. There is no end if you go to hell. There's no end. And at 12 years of age, I remember saying, oh, my God, please, I do not want to go to hell. And the pastor taught me what the Word of God said out of Romans. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, I called on Jesus Christ to be my Lord and to be my Savior, to forgive me of my sins. Give me a home forever in heaven. And at that moment, he took my ticket that was already marked for a journey to hell and stamp canceled on it. Now his TSA agents would never let me get on a train that was bound for that place. And he won't let you either. You couldn't get on it if you wanted on it. He won't let you on it because you don't have a ticket or a right to go there anymore. He canceled it. Please look around the people of this world and see who's... The people are in two classes. Those that are saved, those that are not. Those that are going to heaven, those that are going to hell. That's it. Look at everybody in politics. They're only in two groups. It's not Republican, Democrat, or Independent, or whatever. They are in two categories. They are either a saved politician or they are a lost politician. And that is way more important than what party that they serve on. 
It's way more important than what you make, well, how much, where you live, what your color of your skin might be. Is are you saved or are you not saved? Are you going to hell or has that ticket been canceled because of your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? And what did he say to start the verse? Didn't he say something? I'm happy from the inside out and from the outside in because you canceled my ticket to hell. Number two, look at this. Happy people are filled with the Holy Spirit. Happy people are filled with the Holy Spirit. When you accept Christ as your personal Savior, you have a home forever in heaven. The Holy Spirit is given to you that you might have gifts, gifts to be able to do this life with. And there are many gifts that are mentioned in the Bible, and we've taught them in classes. We've taught them in here before. And with those gifts come also attributes. As you do life in the Spirit, the attributes of the Spirit are, as you see on the site, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Love, joy, peace. Let's just talk about that and self-control just for a second real quick. Do you always walk around with love, joy, peace, and self-control? No. No. Not all at the same time. And you know what? Yeah, that's why I only picked four. Because I'm not doing all four at the same time. I didn't even touch it. Patience? I didn't, even, I didn't even pull that one up to talk to you about this morning. I love, joy, peace, and self-control. Okay? I would not be wearing a size 40 belt. <laughs> Shut it. <laughs> if I always had self-control. Can, 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 Shut it. But as a child of God, are you always filled with love, joy, and peace? The answer is no. No, you're not. If you are, you come teach. And here's why. You and I don't always do life in the spirit. We many times do life in the soul, mind, emotions, and thoughts. My soul is not saved. Being saved, it's not saved yet. My body is not saved. Being saved, not saved yet. My spirit is saved. And when I let, this is an interesting verse. The Bible says, one day the older will serve the younger. If you didn't get saved till you were 20, tell me which is older, your soul or your spirit man? This is interesting. The Bible says your spirit has been quickened. By a relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Woken up, alive, made, made new, right? So here, here's what happens. If your 20-year-old self that is being ran by your thoughts, your mind, your emotions, and your body gets saved, there has to come a time when the older, your mind, your emotions, your will, your thinking, is now ran by your spirit, which is how old? Could be brand new. You got saved at 20. The older must serve the younger. That means the Holy Spirit of God in you has to take over. How does he do that? By doing this, by worshiping, by singing, by saying God's Bible applies to my life. God, you define me from your word. My parents don't define me. My wife doesn't define me. My husband doesn't define me. And those kids in high school didn't define me. You get to define me. 
I put myself in line with what your word says over my life. Who's taking control? Your thoughts, your minds, your emotions? No, the spirit. Woo, that's some good stuff right there. Happy are people who are filled with the Spirit. Happy people are not lazy about happiness. Happy people are not lazy about happiness. Wow, let me just. I'm going to say the most important thing that you've ever heard said as a child of God concerning this topic. Are you ready? Please, in the name of Jesus, listen to what I'm saying right now. You will never be happy if you continue to wait for it. Pastor, I'm just waiting to be happy. Shake my hand. Shake my hand. If that's your world, you're never going to be there. See you in heaven. Enjoy your crappy life. If you choose to wait on happiness. Please hear me. Oh, my gosh. Please, by the authority of God's word, you need to hear what I'm saying right now. Well, I'm waiting on my wife to make me happy. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I know thousands of women. Known them all. Oh, I got women in my family. Lots of them. Not a woman on this planet going to make you happy. Not one, not one. Moments of it, but not consistently. I know men, I am a man. Not a man on this planet going to make you happy, ladies. Not one. Well, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. Okay, hear me, hear me out. You will never have a happy life if you wait for it. Happy people take the initiative to go after happiness. And the unhappy ones sit around on a sofa watching TV going, well, I wish you would knock on my door. (laughs) (sighs) Psalms 42, verse 11. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Have you ever been there as a child of God? Have you ever been discouraged? Come on, talk to me. Have you ever been sad? Talk to me. Okay. I will put my hope in God. Well, I'm waiting on God to come and remove my sadness and remove my discouragement. No, I will. I will. I will put my hope in God. I'm not going to think about this situation anymore. My hope's now changing. I'm going to change my thoughts. I'm not going to think about what I have, what I don't have, what I wish was different. I'm going to put my hope in God that it will be different. I'm going to start focusing on him and not on this. I'm going to do it. Not somebody else. This is going to be me doing it just like me and Jesus got me saved. It's going to be me and God. It's going to get me happy. I will praise him again. I'm going to open up my mouth and start singing praises to him whether I feel like it or not and stop talking about the bad things that have been happening around me or what's going on in our government. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Happy people say, I will not stay in this sad condition. I am going to change the atmosphere in this room. I'm going to change the atmosphere in my relationship with my spouse. I'm going to change the atmosphere on the job. I'm going to change it because a happy person just walked into this place. And I'm happy because I am not going to hell. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm not going. I show you a canceled check right now for that ticket. (laughs) Woo. 
I was talking, I got, I got a little time for this. I was talking to a uh, graduate out of high school about a month ago. And um, as I was talking to this graduate, um, of course, you know, they know everything. So I was gleaning from the wisdom that was coming out of their mouth. They were promoting uh, marijuana in our state being legalized. They were talking about them and their friends and this, that, and the other. They were just, just overheard a little bit of it where this person said, it's so easy to get in high schools in Denver. Matter of fact, you can go in between any class into a bathroom in any high school in Denver and buy marijuana all you want. Any day of the week, any high school, any bathroom, you can buy it from any student you want and some teachers. And so I said, well, I said, uh, and they were talking about it like it was a really good positive thing. And it's so funny that teenagers today will talk about marijuana like they invented it. <laughs> I like to remind them that it grew in the windowsill of my house when I was growing up. My brother, my older brother, who became a drug addict, was, had, had pot, marijuana, growing in the window seals of his bedroom. My mother used to water it. She was Mary Poppins of her day. So I asked this person, I said, I, I, I need to ask you a question. And it, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, what is the appeal to it? Why? Why marijuana? Why pot? What's the appeal to it? And this is what this person said. And this is what I he said. It calms me down and makes me relax. And I wanted to say because you're living with your parents and having all your bills paid is stressing you out. <laughs> is that what's doing it? Are you just freaked out about having a bed that you're not paying for and lights should come on when you don't write a check? And driving a car that daddy's putting gas in, does that just freak you right out? Bless your heart. But I didn't say that because I wanted to go somewhere with this conversation. I said it in here, though. I said, uh, she, the person said, it, gives me, it, it calms me down and makes me relax. And I said, well, does it give you wisdom on how to handle it? No. I said, does it build you up, build up your strength so that you can handle the next challenge that might drag you down? No. I said, does it last? No. So I said, so basically it just makes you numb and dumb. <laughs> right? Makes you numb and dumb, waste time and waste money. That, that, that's it. And then let me, see, let me see if I can back up that person's logic with a verse. Psalms 40, verse 16. But may all who go into the local pot shop and pick up some edibles <laughs> be filled with joy and gladness. Is that what it says? May all who search, oh, wait a minute, I got to take action. I can't sit on a sofa numb and dumb. I got to get off the sofa and go get it. Right? I've got to search for you, be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, the Lord is great. In other words, people who are filled with joy are not sitting on a sofa numb and dumb and waiting for something to come to them. They go after it. Let me give you this first, and i got to shut her down. Psalms 92 says this, 
What a beautiful thing, God, to give thanks, to sing an anthem to you, the high God, to announce your love each daybreak, sing your faithful presence all through the night. You made me. You did it. You made me so happy. God, I saw your work and I shouted for joy. How magnificent your work. God, how profound your thoughts. Dull people. When did y'all get here, man? <laughs> Dull people never notice what you do. Fools never do. Get it. So here's my question. You're going to be dull and a fool? Are you going to be happy? Then go after it. Can we pick this up next week? Can we do some more next week? Okay, we'll do more next week. All right, love you. Bye-bye.